From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The Alaska Senate has passed an amendment calling for a larger-than-usual dividend, which would be about 4300 per Alaskan. The Senate also passed a one-time energy rebate of 1300 per Alaskan on Monday, totaling 5600 per Alaskan this year. But the House version is about a $1,250 dividend plus a one-time $1,300 rebate. The dividend will be somewhere between $2,550 and $5,600 this year. Senator Tom Baggage strenuously opposed the amendment, which passed on a 10 to 9 vote. This really is saying, we got the money today, let's just all spend it down and where are we at tomorrow? Are we going to face another situation where we're down $800 million or billion dollars or even more? Those are the options we face. I mean, I wanted to see an amendment that would have put $3 billion in the permanent fund principle because I believe in that. But I can't do it because it's not prudent. It doesn't plan for our future. Just because we have the money on the table right now doesn't mean we have to spend it. And so from my perspective, even, even though I suspect I know which way this vote is going to go, I can't possibly support this amendment. The total amount will be worked out in a conference committee debate will continue on the budget today. The Philippine Consulate General's Office will provide services in Juneau this month. Here's KINY's Greg Knight. A 12-person team from the Philippine Consulate General in San Francisco will be in Juneau from May 21st through May 23rd to provide consular services to Filipinos and Filipino-Americans. The event will take place at 251 South Franklin Street downtown. Appointment slots are open starting at 5 p.m. on Tuesday and may be obtained at links you can find under the news tab of our website, KINYradio.com. You must have a Gmail or Yahoo email address to utilize the online slot system. That's Greg Knight reporting. Efforts are underway to clear a road where dozens of fully grown evergreen trees, rocks, and dirt toppled into the bay, covering the roadway and eliminating road access for scores of people. City Manager Jeanette Bauer says that there were no injuries in the Saturday evening landslide about half a mile south of downtown. She estimates that the slide measured 200 feet long by 300 feet wide and could take up two weeks to clear. The slide has prevented about 200 residents and tourists from reaching Seward by road. Bauer says the community has stepped up with water taxis and landing crafts to get people back and forth around the slide. The Alaska Senate voted 18-0 to concur with House changes to Senate Bill 81, legislation dealing with the rural VPSO program. Senator Donnie Olson explained what is in the bill and spoke to the changes made by the House. The Department of Public Safety has the responsibility to support the Village Public Safety Program. Amendment number two was also introduced at the request of the department and is a narrow fix that allows a community that would like a VPSO officer in their community and meets the eligibility requires but is not represented by a nonprofit regional corporation is allowed to go ahead and have a VPSO. The third change was also introduced at the request of the Department of Public Safety and removes some of the specific threshold hours that must be met by the VPSO candidates and allows the department more flexibility to adjust training requirements as needed to increase the number up or down during this period of time. Amendment number five was also a request by the Department of Public Safety, which provides more flexibility within the statutory framework to allow the department not to deny a certificate application under certain circumstances, such as expungement, pardon, 
and set aside from the court system and ensure certification decisions are made by the department and are based on formal court rulings. The bill passed the House on a 34-2 vote. It implements seven recommendations that the VPSO Working Group made in their report, which was adopted on January 24th. The bill now goes to the governor for his signature. The U.S. Senate approved a motion offered by Senator Dan Sullivan instructing the conferees for the United States Innovation and Competition Act of 2022 and the America Competes Act to include language prohibiting new renewable energy projects receiving federal funds from purchasing materials, technology, or critical minerals sourced in the People's Republic of China or the Russian Federation. Madam President, as recently as the early 1980s, our nation produced the vast majority of the critical minerals and renewable energy technology we use in America, but not anymore. Sullivan made his address on the Senate floor. Unfortunately, Russia and particularly China have a stranglehold on most of these critical minerals and clean energy technology that our nation needs. To make matters worse, Madam President, some of these critical minerals and materials we are importing like solar panels, EV batteries, are processed and manufactured in China using forced labor and some of the worst the environmental standards in the world. We can change this, Madam President. We must change this. Sullivan offered the motion to ensure the United States has a robust, secure supply chain that doesn't rely on forced labor while strengthening the nation's economy and security. My motion to instruct is simple. Any renewable energy project receiving federal funds cannot use materials, technologies, or critical minerals from China or Russia. Simple, common sense, humane, and in the interest of America's workers and our national defense, I urge my colleagues to vote yes. In February, the Department of the Interior announced a list of 50 identified critical minerals. In 2020, the United States was 100% import-reliant for 17 of these minerals and more than 75% reliant for another 23, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. In addition, of the 64 elements analyzed by the USGS, China was the leading source of imports for 20 of them, including rare earths. Sea Alaska's 2022 proxy will include a resolution that would eliminate the requirement to document blood quantum in order to qualify for shares. Instead, new shareholders would prove a direct lineal relationship to an original Sea Alaska shareholder. This is the same system currently in use by tribes like the Clickett and Haida Central Council, as well as the Anxa Regional Corporations like Chalista and Arctic Slope Regional Corporation. The Native Corporation held its Blood Quantum Resolution Forum on Monday. Sea Alaska Vice President for Policy and Legal Affairs, Jaylene Kukesh, began the meeting by speaking about the candidates up for the overall board election and the proxy. We do have four seats up for election this year. And so you'll see the three endorsed candidates and information about them, as well as the independent candidates. And then below, there's also information uh, to view the proxy statement online, to view the annual report online, uh, to read more about the resolution, which you'll also learn more about shortly. Prizes for voting are available for those who take part, she said. You can also monitor when you will receive your payment, your voting incentive payment through the website as well. Everybody who votes in the election has the ability to earn a $50 voting incentive.
or to donate that to SHI for their cultural preservation programs. Kukesh says you need to make sure you vote on both sides of the proxy ballot if you use the paper version. She also said to make sure you sign your paper ballot. On the back side of the proxy, you have to vote yes or no on the resolution to strike the one-fourth Alaska Native blood quantum requirement that is currently required for descendant stock applicants. Lastly, and most importantly, do not forget to sign your proxy, sign and date it. And if you're doing the paper proxy, return it in the prepaid envelope by mail, or you can fax it to the independent inspectors of election and voting with the number provided. You can also deliver it directly to their offices, which is provided on the proxy. Kugesh said this of the deadline to vote and encouraged a high turnout. Vote by the deadline of June 24th at 5 p.m. Alaska time. If you do vote, again, you will be entered into drawings for the voting prizes. And if you vote by June 3rd, you will be entered into the drawings for early bird prizes as well. We do hope to beat the percentage of those who voted last year. We would really love to see 60% voter turnout. So we hope that all you shareholders will help us to meet that goal and that you will all participate to elect the four candidates for the board of directors as well as express your opinion and vote on the resolution with regards to descendant stock eligibility. More information can be found at mycalaska.com. The Juneau Assembly is considering projects for the 1% temporary sales tax extension. Since the early 90s, it has been the practice of the city assemblies to put forth a list of projects to the public, which, if approved, are funded by a five-year 1% sales tax. Assemblymember Carol Treem spoke about the tax while a guest on Action Line. Every five years, this 1% sales tax goes on the ballot and voters have to approve it. And generally, we are using that for capital projects and it funds it for the next five years. So we have to come up with a list of projects for that. The Assembly is currently considering projects for the October 2022 ballot and are seeking public input. So things that we are talking about are a new radio system for the police. Uh, that radio system actually also gets used by a lot of other entities, the airport and the fire department, docks and harbors, uh, and that radio replacement would be pretty expensive. So this is a good use of that 1% sales tax money. And then other things, I actually just this week went to the Diamond Park Aquatic Center and saw the new decking, the anti-slip decking that's being installed. That decking project is using money from the last round of 1% sales tax. So it's those kinds of projects that get put on the ballot. They're um, you know, projects that help the city keep, keep running, make some improvements that otherwise maybe wouldn't be in the budget. The Assembly plans to collect ideas and information throughout this month before ranking and deciding on a final list in June to present to the voters in October. They invite the public to submit ideas to the Assembly by emailing borough assembly at juno.org, reaching out through Connect with City Hall, or by contacting assembly members individually at juno.org slash assembly. Avian flu has been confirmed in wild birds at multiple Alaska locations. Late last week, several cases of highly pathogenic avian influenza were confirmed in the state following testing through the Alaska Department of Conservation. The Alaska State Veterinarian has now confirmed avian flu in several bald eagles on Unalaska in the Aleutian Islands. Several 
Canadian geese in the Anchorage area and a Canadian goose in Delta Junction. They said Alaskans can go out and still enjoy the outdoors, but be careful to avoid interacting with wild birds or allowing pets to interact with them. The City and Borough of Sitka Assembly is set to discuss an ordinance regarding a marijuana point-of-sale tax today. In 2021, the Sitka Assembly considered a point-of-sales tax on marijuana and marijuana products that failed to pass and get placed on the ballot. According to the city, the new version takes into account concerns that were raised by businesses, the public, and assembly members. Key differences include the elimination of standard Sitka sales tax and providing a dedicated single marijuana and marijuana products point-of-sale consumer tax, a graduated rate structure over a three-year period starting at 6%, then moving up to 8%, and finally 10%. It also adds language clarifying that the Sitka senior sales tax exemption does not apply. It would also provide further clarification of the dedication of revenue to the Sitka School District Students Activities Fund. It is estimated that the 6, 8, and 10% point of sales tax revenue would be about 210000 280000 and 350000 annually. All sales conducted within Sitka will be subject to the tax unless specifically exempted as a wholesale transfer or sale or other allowed exempted sale. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.